Hallelujah. So I'm, I'm in a series of our Beatitudes, and uh, if you're not sure what the Beatitudes are, that's actually what they're called, Beatitude in Scripture. I've terminized it as B. Attitude. This is what we're to be. Jesus was declaring it in Matthew 5 uh, to the people and to the disciples. We're in our last beatitude. This has actually become a nine-part series now, and uh, I usually would teach this whole message in, in one service, and I got revelation after revelation, and I just started pulling it apart even more and got really excited about it. If you don't know the previous eight beatitudes, then, and some people say there's only eight beatitudes, but if you actually look, there's eight spoken to the crowd and the ninth one spoken to you personally. Okay? So it's very, so a lot of places leave out the ninth. I don't want to leave out the ninth. The ninth is probably the most important one because if you're living the previous eight, you're going to be actually able to survive the ninth in a good way. Okay? (laughs) So uh, the Beatitude 9, it's an attitude that does not retaliate when falsely accused. Do you think that's important today in our age? Matthew chapter 5, verse 11. Yeah, okay, we'll leave an offering envelope. If you want to give in to Jessica and, and, and her future, then go for it. That'd be awesome. And if you do it later, that's fine too. So, uh, be at, oops, it's, it's, I just bumped my... Uh, it's okay. So, uh, an attitude that does not retaliate when falsely accused. Has anyone in here been falsely accused of something? I, I get falsely accused on a regular basis, I'll be honest with you. It's, it's, it's just become some of the culture out there towards me. It's interesting, when you start to preach the Word of God in truth, with integrity, you start to move in the supernatural realm in areas that is uncomfortable for others, all of a sudden, the mentality can sometimes go opposite and accuse you of something that they yet not understand. And so many of us have been accused falsely. Now, some of us have been accused wisely. And that actually helps us. If we've done something wrong and we get accused of it, I tell you what, open door to step into forgiveness, operate into restoration, and come out higher, bigger, and greater with the power of testimony. Amen? Amen. The worst thing is if you get accused accused and it's not false and you still refuse, that means you're dwelling and going to continue to live within a lie. And you're not going to do well with Beatitude 9. But it usually always means you've missed Beatitude 1 to 8 in your life. Matthew chapter 5 verse 11. Blessed are you when they revile and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. Just because we can have, we're supposed to have freedom of speech and uh, someone wants to produce a movie that is actually based on truth, all of a sudden, our Christian moral values no longer should have freedom of speech in the world's mentality. Theirs, absolutely. Now, I, I, I don't think there's a lot of issues and problems when, when it's, uh, a movie's being made about some other religion or some other perspective or some other thing that's anti-Christ. But when Christ gets, rect- gets glorified in the, the cinemas, there's a reaction that seems to go out. And there, has anyone heard of fake news? It is unbelievable. But most people operate in that fake news out of insecurity and lack of identity in their own life. 
Blessed are you when they revile and persecute you. What does revile mean? It's onidizo. What does it mean? To defame. Oh, boy. Your Jesus is now taking eight beatitudes to the people, and now he's taking the ninth beatitude to you personally. And what is he saying? Blessed are you when you're defamed. Matthew 5.11 in the NIV Bible. I like it. The NIV. Uh, 5.11. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. You're blessed. Verse 12. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad. For great is your reward in heaven, for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Okay, so, so you're blessed when someone insults you. How many of you like that? Blessed are you, you're blessed when you're persecuted and you're falsely accused of kinds of evil things against you because of him. But the whole perspective here is because of him. So many people get wrapped up in their theological understanding of what they need to do. And they think that it's blessing when people are against you. But what you're doing might not be the culture of God or the culture of kingdoms. You guys remember the people that were out on the street with the big old massive Bible Yelling at the top of their hands on, head on their little portable microphones. And maybe behind them was a van with, you know, you evil sinner, you know, you, you're this, you're condemned, you're death of walking, you're da 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 da. And they're, and they're literally ready to hit you over the head to knock you into, to fear you into faith. Maybe they had a mandate of the Lord, and people have been touched by that. But you know what? It wasn't that successful when I did it. Remember the Left Behind series? Some of the younger ones are, what is that? Anybody remember the Left Behind series? How many of you repented after you watched those? How many of you had nightmares after you watched those? You know, it was... And you know what? They were a great series. I don't have a problem with the series, but it was a fear-based theology to scare you into salvation. But the reality is, is you shouldn't be scared into salvation because when you're scared into salvation, that means you carry fear. And when you carry that fear, chances are you're going to lose salvation or you're not going to live a saved life, depending on what theology you believe on once a Christian, always a Christian. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven, for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. I'd like to show you some of the huge significance that Jesus declared in this, in this uh, ninth beatitude. This is the, fir- this is the first, first, this is the last beatitude. The first several beatitudes, like I said before, dealt with order of salvation, humbling oneself before Jesus, accepting who who we are, that we're powerless to save ourselves, and coming to him, to Jesus, for his free gift of salvation. We can't do it ourselves. We have to have him. And then from there, the beatitudes, the earlier beatitudes, dealt with the redeemed nature that Christ gives us when we are born again. 
And then the Beatitudes move into the actions of the redeemed person. This is what you're supposed to live like, to be pure in heart and be peacemakers, bringing people and God together so that all can come into the saving knowledge of Jesus. And all these previous eight Beatitudes lead into the reality of Beatitude 9. Beatitude 9 is the longest of the Beatitudes. I think that in itself needs to grab our attention that Jesus took longer speaking this ninth beatitude than he did the others. The ninth beatitude is the only beatitude with a command to rejoice. It seems the exact opposite of how we should treat persecution in our lives or anything that causes us pain. It seems exactly opposite to rejoice. But yet, he tells us to rejoice. Why would he say this to us? Why rejoice? Why didn't he say, you can do it. You can survive. You can, I give you enough just to survive. Because he wasn't looking for a people to live a lifestyle of surviving. He was living, looking for a people to live a lifestyle of victory. Because when you're just surviving, you're just making it, you're always in a war, in a battle for the more. And you will never see the redeemed blessing in its fullness. He's looking for a people that are going to live in such a level of victory that all these things that are said against you falsely for his name's sake are going to make you rejoice and be glad in him. Why rejoice? Because a servant is not greater than his master. And they persecuted Jesus. So why wouldn't we expect the same if we're living the life of Jesus? Oh, I didn't sign up for, to be a Christian to be persecuted. Then you signed up to the wrong religion. I guarantee you. If you're a Christian born again and you're actually living the previous eight Beatitudes, which really means you're on fire... You're going to have people not like you. But you're going to have people as well that your lifestyle will be a life of testimonial change for them. Why rejoice? Because God counts us worthy to endure for his great name, not my great name, but his great name. And it's not only that we're just to rejoice, but we're also to be glad. Oh, thank you, Jesus. I rejoice. No. Oh, wow. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that, that, that you have given me the ability and my will to serve you is so strong in my life that when they revile against me, when they speak falsely against me, when they accuse me falsely, I'm going to look to you and I'm going to rejoice and say, Lord, let my life be a living testimony for them. Because I'm not going to go retaliate. I'm not going to go justify myself because that's not what Jesus did. Jesus understands that persecution will cause us to immediately want to withdraw from seeking him. If you seek him and you start getting persecuted, the human reaction is slow down or stop. I don't, that hurts. It's kind of like disciplining a child. 
The whole reason there's discipline, however you look at that discipline for children, the reason is they start to put two and two together. When I disobey mom or I disobey dad, it hurts me. But you see, in this situation, it's the exact opposite. When I go after God, in other words, I'm not living in untruth. I'm living truth in him. When I go after him, when I have the eight beatitudes living in my life continually, I'm going after him. And instead of the persecution coming at me to hurt me, it comes at me. So my testimony, Jesus Christ in me, can change their lives. It's an amazing thing. Psychology teaches us that most of the reasons we do what we do is so we can avoid pain. Whether physical, mental, or spiritual pain, we want to avoid it. How many can say amen? Because of the characteristics of our human nature, we will usually avoid standing for that which is right if it brings with it the pain of social rejection. And I tell you what, there's a lot of social rejection going on out there if you are a Christian. All the more reason we need these beatitudes in our lives. That's why Jesus spends so much more time in this one beatitude, because now he's speaking to you personally. This beatitude is the only beatitude repeated by Jesus. And any time the Bible repeats itself, it's worth, <laughs> it's worth underlining and praying through that scripture. Because God wants to reveal something in you and in me. This is the only beatitude directly addressed to the person reading it. Jesus turns personal speaking of persecution because persecution will test us at our deepest level of commitment to him. If you're not persecuted, it's pretty easy to have a commitment, right? Pretty easy to stay committed to your marriage until it goes into some persecution. Pretty easy to stay in a, in a local church that's teaching soft, fluffy, happy messages that gives you joy. And every time you go out, you're joyful and happy because they haven't talked about something that makes you feel like, ouch. They haven't spanked your little behind from the pulpit, but they're just building a big, happy church. Well, let me tell you something. Maybe we need a little spanking once in a while. Yeah, and I'll probably lose 50% of the congregation next weekend, Right? Because we don't like spankings. Well, I'm not the one that's going to spank you. That's not my job. But I guarantee you, your spanking will be you will not rejoice and you will not live blessed. All the other Beatitudes are statements of fact. Again, instruction to the crowd. But Jesus switches it up here. Again, he speaks specifically to me when I read it and when you read it, to you. People who want to follow these Beatitudes take up their cross and follow him daily. Jesus is very specific in his choice of words in this Beatitude 9. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness sake. Again, this is why we need family and why we need a group coming together with wisdom. There's always, there's always greater wisdom in numbers than there is independently. You hear what I'm saying? You might have a vision or a dream. Maybe, maybe you dream of the brand new heart valve. But until you talk with the people that can actually build it and design it and talk this and work this thing through, your vision is just a dream. 
Maybe you have a dream to become the, the next Billy Graham of, of America, of the United States, of Canada, of the world. Maybe that's your dream in your heart. Well, I'll tell you what, get together with people that are helped to empower that vision and dream in your life. But whatever you do, don't try to be Billy Graham because you're going after the wrong identity. And I love Billy Graham. Bless him. The persecution Jesus is speaking of here is when you are living all the other beatitudes and still receiving evil for it. That is when you are blessed. But you're living all the other beatitudes leading up to it in your life. So many people don't live the other eight beatitudes and they live their own beatitude. And then they feel they're being persecuted because they have bad theology. They have bad teaching. They have bad understanding of who they really are supposed to be. And then you sit there, and yep, oh, I'm taking another one for the team. What team? You're an independent, self-destructed team on your own. This is an apostolic center. It's about raising people up and sending them out. If you're not sent out and you're taking one for the team, then you're not in the team. You're going to be the player on the field that hogs the ball and takes the ball and never listens to the coach. And I pray it's a good coach, and they're going to look at you, and they're going to say, Brent, sit down. What do you mean I'm your star player? I'm your best player. Sit down and shut up. I score the most points. Be quiet. You're scoring all those points for you, but you're not doing it for us or him. Hmm. I get so many people that sit in my office, and they're the next super person. Look at uh, Please put your clothes back on. <laughs> Because we don't want you to be exposed naked in front of everybody. We want you to wear the cloak of righteousness. Jesus is emphasizing that we need to have this kind of attitude. There will always be people who speak all kinds of evil lies about you in the followers of Christ. There's all kinds of people that will speak evil against Christ. Matter of fact, though, as I was studying this, I thought, if you don't actually, if you're not actually being persecuted for the sake of Jesus Christ, then where did you leave Jesus in your life? Where is he? If you're not actually standing up for your, the moral convictions of this word, the holy living word of God, if you're not standing up for these convictions and you just stay silent because you don't want to deal with the attitude that's going to come against you, then where's your faith? Where's your hope? Where's your strength lie? Because what will happen is if you get put before a firing squad and they're saying, announce the name of Jesus, renounce the name of Jesus in your life, you'll say, okay. Some of the greatest martyrs, no, they didn't renounce. They rejoiced and were glad in the face of the rifles pointing at them. And they were rejoicing Jesus, to Jesus Christ. They were singing hallelujah. Bam. 
I'm believing that the increased move of the Holy Spirit on this earth is increasing. I'm believing the power and authority of his name in every day we live life, we have the chance of operating in a higher level of authority in his name. I'm believing that the stronger and feistier we get in his presence, the more this world might look against us, some of them, but there's a few that looked against Jesus Christ as well. And he became the greatest testimony on the face of this earth. And now he's called you and me to be that testimony. Jesus said in the last days, the love of many will grow cold. People will become offended and betray one another. Anyone ever felt there's been betrayal? Anyone ever felt some of the betrayal seems to be increasing? Oh. Jesus Christ is our example. If our joy is to be full and we are to rejoice and be exceedingly glad, we must learn the way of Christ. Peter, a follower of Christ, said it this way in 1 Peter chapter 2, starting in verse 19. 1 Peter chapter 2, starting in verse 19. For this is commendable if because of conscience toward God, one endures grief, suffering wrongfully. It's commendable. Verse 20, for what credit is it if when you are beaten for your faults, what credit is it if it's actually your fault and you're being accused and beaten because you sinned, because you screwed up? Verse 20 again, for what credit is it if when you are beaten for your faults, you take it patiently? What credit is that? It was your mess, take the punishment. Behold, we live in New Testament. There is no more punishment, right? I don't know. You go out and murder someone right now, I guarantee when you get caught, there's punishment. It's called jail. And you know what? When you're a minister of the gospel and you screw up, oh, absolutely. God forgives. It's all forgiven. And he buries in the deepest devotions. But we need to have a little bit of holiness in us so we don't keep screwing up i'm getting tired sick and tired of ministers of the gospel screwing up with the same sins over and over and over again are you nuts where did your beatitudes go in your life i'm dealing with them you wouldn't believe what i deal with you screwed up take it Repent, turn from your wickedness. We're going to love you and I'm not going to hold that against you. But I'll tell you what, the world might remember it. So don't screw up. Second part of verse 20. But when you do good and suffer, if you take it patiently, this is commendable before God. Verse 21, for to this you were called because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that you should follow his steps. Verse 22, for who committed no sin, nor was deceit found in his mouth, who, when he was reviled, did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten 
but committed himself to him as God who judges righteously. Again, in Beatitude 9, Jesus is very specific in his choice of words. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake. Rejoice and be glad, for great is your reward in heaven. If you're going to claim the blessing that persecution brings you, If I'm going to say, when, when slander comes my way, I'm going to rejoice in my Lord to keep me strong, keep me humble, that I choose to be in His presence every moment and every day. And instead of trying to justify myself to false accusations, I'm going to say, Lord, let my light be a shining light of Your glory that will actually reach into their hearts and let my life be a testimony to the slanderers for your name's sake. And if you want to claim the blessing, you must first be poor in spirit. You need to understand that we need Jesus even more than the person you are speaking to at the moment. Mourn over the condition of your soul and the souls of others. Meek and humble in, our, in your dealings with others. You must hunger and thirst for the personal righteousness before trying to form it in others. This is a big one. You must hunger and thirst for personal righteousness in your own life before trying to form it in somebody else. You must show mercy to those who still don't know Jesus in all his fullness and be willing to be patient with them as they grow into their walk with our Lord. Listen to this. We need to show mercy and be patient to the ones who are falsely accusing. And I'll tell you what, I'm preaching to me right now. So I've got a driven personality in case none of you knew. And back when I was younger, my, my drive, if it was against me, I became violent. And I tell you what, I want to set people right. I'd love to do what we call a little old school. Take them to the back 40. Anybody understand that? We got some back acres here. You want to come sit in my office? Let's do a little old school. You keep coming for the same ridiculous sin in your life. Just, hey, come follow me. Well, where are we going? We're going outside across the field into the trees. Oh, what are you looking for in those trees? I'm looking for the right size of stick. Matter of fact, do you remember these back in old school? Matter of fact, I'm going to ask you to look for the stick. And of course, the children would find the smallest twig possible. Or, I'm going to use this stick, but here's a knife. You take the branches off while I talk to you. I know that sounds inhumane now, right? <laughs> Some of you are looking at me. How did this kid grow up? I learned righteousness that my dad had it. And he did right doing on me many times. Never out of anger, although he should have, because I deserved it. 
He did it out of love for me. It's amazing what size a broomstick can break over your rear end. Now that's called abuse. But for me, the one receiving it, it was called righteousness. Thank you, Dad. And Mom. We must show mercy to those who still don't know Jesus. When I go to that movie and our whole family's going this afternoon, I want to show mercy as I walk in those doors. Who knows, there could be a picket out there. We must be pure in heart so you can help others to see God. And then, and only then, when we finish and when we work in these Beatitudes, eight of them in our own lives, then and only then, when we're living that peacemaker that Jesus has called us to be, and if you're still being persecuted, living eight Beatitudes in your life, and you're still being persecuted, then you will be blessed. And that's a special kind of rejoicing and a special fellowship with God, our Father, that you earn the right to experience. And you know what? Just because you're, you're blessed, people will ridicule you for that. If we live by these nine Beatitudes, we will find favor with God and will experience eternal happiness in Jesus Christ. Let's all stand. An attitude of self-minded poverty. An attitude that mourns and grieves from sin. An attitude of meekness. An attitude that hungers and thirsts for righteousness. An attitude that shows mercy. An attitude that turns from sin. An attitude that makes peace. An attitude that does not react against persecution. An attitude that does not retaliate when falsely accused. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth in us as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom. Yours is the power. Forever and ever and ever. And all the people said.